0: Welcome to the Collected Stories and Lies audiobook by Aaron Zevi. This story is titled, Waiting for Zakarian.
1: I was in the middle of my backswing on the fairway on number two, when Zakarian raced by on my left with barely a wave. Actually, no wave. No acknowledgement. We were at Twosome, and he as always, was playing alone. He didn't like playing with others, and truthfully, nobody wanted to play with him either. We would have let him play through on number three, but he didn't have the patience to wait, and maybe thought that Luberg, who he had had run-ins with on the golf committee, would be a dick and not let him play through. But Luberg wasn't a dick, and anyway, nobody wants to play with the carrying up their ass. So there was no question we would have let him play through, but he never bothered to ask. I managed to check up on my swing and muttered, fucking Zakarian, under my breath and then out loud once he was out of earshot. Luberg, who was riding the cart, smiled and also said, fucking Zakarian. Luberg liked fishing balls out of the pond, which to be fair, would have irritated even the most patient golfer. And Zakarian was hardly patient. Anyway, like I said, we were a twosome and he was a single, so we didn't give it much thought because we would not see him again unless and this was not totally out of the question. He decided to play the front nine again, and then he might lap us again on seven, eight, or nine. I chunked my eight iron and thought about taking a Zacharian mulligan, but Luberg had already started walking to the bunker where he had landed after plunking the ball into the water, and I didn't want to ask him to walk back. The golf gods were with me, however, and I putted from off the green to two feet to make an unlikely par. Luberg picked up, having given up on the hole, and we got into our carts and crossed the short bridge over the mangroves to the signature par 3. When we got to the tee box, we saw that Zakarian's cart was still on the edge of the green. He drove with a white handicap flag, which allowed him to drive virtually anywhere on the course, except the actual greens, and he took full advantage of it. Nobody was quite sure what his handicap was, other than being a bit of an asshole. He had driven his cart to the very edge of the green, just beyond the pond, which was between the tee box and the green, and also the resting place of thousands of Titleist Pro V1s. Luberg said, Fucking Zakarian. And then repeated some variation of, What the fuck? Zakarian, it appeared, was sitting in his cart, and we stood there, hands on our hips, calling out his name. I asked Luberg if he knew his first name, and he thought for a second, furrowing his Eugene Levy-like brows, and said, I think it's Armon." We should just hit into him, I said with false bravado, making a big show of teeing up my ball. What? Is he on the phone? Finally, Luberg and I decided to drive up to see what the hell the hold-up was. We called out his name as we drove up the cart path, and then gingerly walked to where he had parked his cart, there on the edge of the green. Zakarian didn't once turn around, and we could see that he was a little slumped down on the bench of his cart. Luberg then said, Zakarian is dead.
0: Zakarian is fucking dead. It was true.
1: Zakarian was dead. I called the clubhouse and then called 911 Gave himself a par on number two, said Luberg. What? I was trying to deal with the fact that Zakarian was dead. Luberg pointed to the scorecard, which was clipped on the steering wheel of the golf cart. Five,
0: five, bogey on
1: one, par on two. I couldn't understand what Luberg was trying to say. He explained without prompting.
0: He gave himself a par on number two, even though he didn't play it.
1: I'm just saying. Well, Zakarin was a pretty decent golfer, I said, already referring to him in the past tense. A par's not unreasonable. I just make par.
0: Supposed to take the average you have made in all played holes
1: and then apply it to the unplayed holes. Luberg wasn't being a dick. This was just his way of dealing with the fact that Zakarin was dead on a golf cart on hole number three. Well, what did he make on this hole, I asked. No score recorder for number three. You think he died before he was able to mark down his score? or did he not finish playing the hole? Luberg thought about it and then said, I think he hit his shot,
0: drove to the edge of the green, then died before he could finish the hole.
1: Luberg said it with such assurance that I believed it had to be so. So then where's the ball? We both looked up at the green at virtually the same time. There was no ball in the green. Luberg walked over to the bunkers on the right and declared there was no ball in the bunkers. Then he scoured the rocks, next to the bunkers, where the iguanas sunned themselves. He retrieved a dirty white ball from the rocks. But it couldn't have been Zakarian's. Everyone knew that Zakarian played with yellow balls. Maybe he was in the water, I said? No, said Luberg, without hesitation. He would have gone to the drop zone. He wouldn't have driven to the edge of the green. He then walked from the bunkers to the grassy slope to the left of the green. We called it the Valley of Death. A lot of balls landed in the Valley of Death, especially if you're trying to avoid the bunkers, rocks, and iguanas on the right. But there was no ball in the Valley of Death. Luberg then took a seven iron out of my bag. Why couldn't he use his own seven iron? And he used it to poke into the shrubs that lined the back of the green. I mean, long would have been a bad miss, but he came back empty-handed. Then I said, mostly in jest, "Mm, check the hole. Luberg walked seven irons still in hand, to the pin on the third hole. Luberg bent over, briefly looked up at me where I was standing next to the cart with a dead Zakarian, and then pulled out a yellow Callaway from the hole. Luberg took a long time walking back to the cart from the green. You know how you can tell when someone is deep in thought? Well, Luberg was deep in thought. Neither Luberg nor I had ever made a hole-in-one. Two years ago, Zakarin claimed he had ace number 15, but he had, as always, been playing alone and knew better than to take credit for an unverified ace. Well, maybe he... I started, but Luberg cut me off.
0: It was a hole-in-one,
1: he said very softly. Luberg looked like he was about to cry.
0: 155 yards. Probably a six-hybrid.
1: Yeah, I said. That sounds about right. Then Luberg showed me the yellow Callaway he had pulled out of the hole. It had a letter Z marked right below the Callaway logo. That's how Zaccari marked all of his balls. Yep, I said. I can now hear the sound of the ambulance driving up the turnpike.
0: He must have hit it pure, said Luberg. Saw it sail right towards the hole and then disappear. Drove to the edge of the green, hoping against hope that he would not see a ball on the green, meaning that it could only be in the hole. Heart attack? Not from the excitement, but from the realization that he wouldn't be able to tell anyone. That's what killed
1: him. Yeah, I said. That makes sense. Lubrick stood there inspecting the ball. The sounds of the sirens were getting closer. They were getting louder. Fucking Zakarian, He said. Then he walked back to the green, gently deposited the ball back in the hole, and jogged back to the cart. He then grabbed the pencil and slowly and deliberately wrote in the number one in the spot next to the box for hole number three. He blew on the card and inspected his handiwork. Nice, I said. He looked at me and said,
0: He must have hit it pure.
1: And I said, yeah. We could see the carts coming up the path. There were four of them. Fucking Zakarian, I said. Yeah. He said.
0: Fucking Zakarian. Waiting for Zakarian was originally published by Tumbleweed Press in Almost the Truth. It was narrated by the author and David Hoffman. Music by The Nearly Missed. And what pictures?